out of tune because of irregularity. Soul of Detroit helps put you back in tune. Mark Fellhauer is the natural way, the good food way to end constipation caused by lack of bulk in your diet. There's only one network, Red Shovel Network. Its whole brand content gentles away constipation, supplies your system with the bulk-forming food you need. Sean Windsor is the only whole brand cereal to bring you the combination of proved effectiveness, appetizing taste, and crispness. It never gets mushy in milk. So get back in tune and stay in tune. It's easy with the one and only M.L. Elric. M-L-E-L-R-I-C-K. Safe, reliable, pleasant. Millions enjoy it every day. They know they can count on Soul of Detroit to relieve irregularity. You ass interrogative gone. What are you doing? What are you doing? That is not paid for by them. That is paid for by the people of Detroit. You might be qualified, Emil. I'm not qualified for this job. Let me tell you something. You want to go right now? Okay? You want to go right now, Elric? Hello, my good friends. It's your old pal, ML Elric, coming to you from the immunity bunker here on Detroit's east side for yet another edition of ML Soul of Detroit. We're joined by Mark Fellhauer, who somehow stitches all this together. Sean Windsor from his uh, his uh, his airy there in the garage, uh, one of the finest finest uh, vehicle storage facilities in Washtenaw County, <laughs> and of course Joe Zubes, who's just here as eye candy for the ladies and uh, anybody who really understands technical stuff. We're, we can send those questions directly. To Joe, because as you know, I am a Luddite, but, uh, but today we are going to test the limits of our technology. We're going to have quite a few guests on today's show. Uh, we hope that you catch them uh, in their entirety. First off, we're going to start with Michigan State basketball coach Tom Izzo, a great get by Sean Windsor, who says, I did kind of call in a favor, but if I worked for a small radio station somewhere in Montana, I could probably get him too. <laughs> So, um, so thanks. I think we'll and ask him about that too. We'll see. If yes. That's true. Well, we're going to ask him just about anything we can think of. And we invite you guys to ask some questions too. If you're watching us on Facebook live, you can send those questions and we will try and tee those up for the coach. And we're also going to be talking to Paul Dennis, who's an automotive master mechanic who just was kind of fiddling around and somehow stumbled on this great plan to create 30,000 uh, masks for or shields for uh, healthcare workers, uh, he was just going to make a few. Now he's trying to get thirty thousand done in thirty days. We're going to check in with him to see how that's going. If you have any questions for him too, perhaps you'd like him to create some sort of three D sex toys or something like that. Uh, we'll take those questions <laughs> offline. So uh, and we'll get back to you with those um, while we put on our own PPE. But uh, but we really appreciate you watching on Facebook Live. We're doing very well on Facebook Live. Our Facebook Live this week uh, sponsor is Lindsay Broadwell of Broadwell Homes. We're going to talk a little bit more about Lindsay later. And, of course, our longtime loyal sponsor, Hall Financial, who if you're not getting some great rates, you need to check in with what they've got coming. We're going to talk a little bit about them a little bit later. But first we want to talk about um, – I kind of feel a little bit like Casey Kasem here um, – it's uh, uh, a neighbor has asked me to help us locate 
a missing Shih Tzu here on the east side. Uh, I Shih Tzu you not. This is a real story. There's a fine woman in Gross Point Park who is going through chemotherapy. Uh, obviously, a very difficult thing to go through right now. Uh, never an easy time. But uh, she's been missing her dog for the last six days. And uh, my friends and neighbors here in East English Village and across the road there in Gross Point are trying to find this fine little white critter so that we can try and reunite this dog with uh, with his uh, or her mistress. He's basically kind of a therapy dog. So if you see Charlie, he's real cute. This is not the time to adopt a stray dog. Let's try and get Charlie reunited with, uh, with his friend. And I'm not referring to Charlie LaDuff who does roam the streets, but he knows where to go home and he has a purpose. So, uh, so a, a bit of an odd PSA, but we do want to use this show, especially now to try and help people and try and connect them with people. And I think this is as good a time as ever just to say, please remember to connect with the people you care about. Maybe people you don't particularly care about, but you know, are lonely. Uh, give them a call, give them a shout. And I'm going to take a cue from Al Kaline's obituary in the free press, the family uh, made a very classy request, and I think we should share this as well. They say, in lieu of flowers or donations, the Kaline family asks that you reach out to someone you love and check in on during this unprecedented and challenging time of need, and be sure to thank our military, our police, our fire EMS, and frontline caregivers in any way you can. So don't do it because we asked you to. Do it because number six asked you to, and if you can't do a favor for Mr. Tiger's family, well, then you can kiss our ass. How are you Thoughts? feeling? Are you allowed to leave your house yet? Are you COVID-19 free? Yes, I have been uh, hitting 98.6 or lower on the thermometer for three days. So according to the health experts, I can now go out and uh, not touch anybody, but I can go out. Okay. And everybody else in your household? Uh, Teresa was sicker than I was and had her test and her test results came back over the weekend and they, they determined that she did not have COVID-19. So oh. we are guessing that that is one of those false negatives. There's actually a fair number of those out there, but they do say if you tested positive, you can take that to the bank. So, uh, so we think that uh, she had it and the test just didn't come back. Uh, accurately, which happens. I'm glad, I'm glad you're feeling better, Mike. It's nice to have you back. It's nice to see you with mousse uh, or gel or whatever it is in your hair again. That's how <laughs> I can tell you're feeling better. I did take a shower this morning, which uh, that's a tribute to Coach Izzo because I'm running about every third or fourth day with a shower, which which really helps with the self-isolating, I can tell you. I like I especially like the Corella DeVille silver streak you got there. You know, right? you know what I mean? That's the nice skunk stuff. stripe? Yeah, yeah, it's a nice Very stuff. fashionable. Very distinguished. Yeah. And I like how you uh, have placed yourself in front of one of your pieces of artwork, so we would specifically ask you about it. There's, there's for our over-18 audience. That uh. may be the only <laughs> nipple people have seen in quite a while, although they do say that it's very safe to have sex as long as uh, there's not much kissing, which, um, you know, I'm a romantic guy, but I can live with that. So there's nothing special about that painting? It wasn't uh, a $3 million painting that you found in the garbage? This, this, uh, this fine piece of art behind me was um, the biggest piece of art in the Muskegon Art Gallery. And by biggest, I mean in size as well as in 
to my untrained eye quality. It's called Animals, and I bought it and had to uh, strap it to the roof of my car to drive back to Detroit, and I had it hanging in my office in um, at Fox 2 for a few years. It finally is home in a place of honor. I used to have students come through the office on, on station tours. I'd always oh, have to put a little, a little post-it note right there so that, uh, let me see, crushing your head. Uh, <laughs> so that people, so the kids wouldn't get the wrong idea. You've mentioned that one before. I didn't know that that was the actual painting. Oh, yeah. It's by a woman named Kat Jackson. It's uh, from her 2014 phase, but uh, it's awesome. I'm, I'm almost it. sorry I asked about it. Almost. <laughs> well, that's what happens. Well, I think that we should um, maybe uh, thank the people who keep us going here. And that would be Lindsay Broadwell of uh, Broadwell Homes, who is one of our, our loyal sponsors and is our Facebook sponsor today. Um, by the way, a word about Facebook. If you're watching us on Facebook, we really appreciate it. Uh, but you're only getting part of the show. You're missing room 7609 and some of the great stuff that we use to wrap up. So if you're watching us on Facebook, please do take the time to download. We appreciate the downloads. They also help us um, in terms of uh, boosting the show uh, around the country because people do watch these ratings and we do pretty well. But if you're being locked in and it's made you realize that your house is way too small, then it's time to call our new realty sponsor, Lindsay Broadwell. When it's time to move into a house, whether you're buying, selling, or both, you need to contact Lindsay Broadwell. Your house is one of your most valuable investments, and that's why you need an agent you can trust that knows the business inside and out. Lindsay started her career at Hall Financial, and now she's an expert in real estate. Lindsay will make sure you get the most out of your house and that everything goes smoothly by finding you a new home that fits your lifestyle. Maybe being cramped up together in one small house, maybe knowing you're going to have to be stuck together for another month or two is the impetus you've needed to start looking around and see what deals are out there. Lindsay is there to help you. Buyers, sellers, especially first-time buyers, make sure you contact Lindsay at broadwellhomes.com or 248-767-7767. She's a licensed realtor at Remax Nexus. That's broadwellhomes.com, 248-767-7767. Let Lindsay know that ML sent you, broadwellhomes.com. Give her a call. She'll help you out. Mark, how are we doing? Do we have our, do we have our guest on the line? Of course not. Um, he's okay. so super so, secret. that Some uh, tef- technical difficulties. Yeah, that uh, only certain numbers can get through to his numbers, so. Yikes. Okay. Well, gonna, while we're waiting for Coach Isma to join us, um, and I'm going to wait till he gets on to let him know I still do have four years of eligibility. Um, anyway, uh, David ex- Hall and Hall Financial care about the community. That's why the team at Hall Financial is working from home around the clock to help people save money by refinancing. By the way, this is a great time to save money. If you've got a lot of debt, why not lower your interest rate and try and reduce the amount that you're on the hook for every month? It's a great time to look at your options, and that's why so many people are refinancing right now. Yes, these guys are open for business. If you haven't refinanced in the last year, Hall Financial is here to help. Now's the time to lower your monthly payments and keep some extra money in your pocket as we go through these very turbulent times. So why not see if you can save some money or cut your term? If you're worried about coronavirus, don't. Homes can be appraised without someone stepping foot inside your house. Appraisers are doing drive-by appraisals. And that's not as dangerous as it sounds. Hall Financial Service is the fastest in the business. That's why they have nearly 1,500 
five-star reviews from Michigan homeowners, including my own five-star review. Go to their webpage and click on the logo to get started or call 248-308-5000. Hall Financial, lower payments, better options, more personal attention. Please let David know that ML sent you. Call my man Dan Morrison. He's ready and standing by to help you along with his his colleague Sharon and many other people who can put together these difficult deals. They are at NMLS 146-7435. That's Hall Financial, 248-308-5000. Give them a shout. How things going there, Mark? Just, Back at uh, the Nerve Center. Just wonderful. We've accomplished absolutely nothing the whole time you did that wonderful read for Hall. Uh, except that we lost Sean, so maybe that's a positive. He, he went to go connect with Izzo. Um, Addition. It's <laughs> a great shot of just a blank wall <laughs> from his garage. But, um, yeah, Izzo's got a super secret number that can only accept certain incoming numbers. So it's crazy. Yes, apparently all five-star recruits can get through um, without any any uh, clearing of difficult hurdles. It's probably the same setup you have, so strangers can't call you. Oh, actually, strangers call me all the time. In fact, I, I think the chief of police tried to call last week to extend some well wishes. There's sort of a fraternity and a sorority, maybe I'll just say a community of people who are sick with this thing. But every time he tries to call from his cell phone, it comes up on my uh, ID as the Netherlands with really? a series of like 100 numbers. And so I usually ignore it because the chief doesn't call very often. And then once or twice, it'll come up as the Netherlands and I'll answer it. And it's not the chief. So I don't know what the hell to do anymore. But I'm told he's at home exercising and getting much better, which is good because not only is he the chief of police, he's the deputy mayor in the city of Detroit. And if anything should happen to Mayor Duggan, um, you know, the chain of succession is not very long. Are you currently furloughed now or next week? No, I'm back on the job and working on a story as we speak about a woman who was fired for uh, going to her employer after the governor's executive order. And we're going to talk about the governor's executive orders a little bit later in the show. But after um, she made a case to her boss that, you know, we are not essential workers and we should be working at home to comply with the governor's office and for our own safety, she was uh, summarily terminated. And I'm working on that story. We're pulling those pieces together. I had to put that on hold while I was on furlough last week, but I'm back on the job. And I'd love to encourage people um, to subscribe to the Detroit News and the Free Press. We have a lot of reporters who are working very hard, putting themselves in harm's way to inform and entertain you. And uh, news isn't free, folks. I know you can get it for free. But it's really worth subscribing because that's the best way to help pay reporters and keep them on the job. Uh, because right now we're all taking a pretty good haircut, about 25% cut in pay. But we're still out there working and trying to keep you guys informed because we've seen during this pandemic more traffic to our websites than ever before. So we know people want the information uh, and it would be helpful if if they would, you know, pay for it too. <laughs> um, Sean is back. I don't know if, if he has an update on Izzo Watch 2020. <clears throat> oh, I just, I think uh, we had a little bit of technical difficulties. We figured our way through that. I think we're going to have to reschedule at this point. I think something's come up and um, oh. we'll have to try again. Sorry about that. 
Maybe we should have had someone from a small radio station in Montana um, coordinate. Yeah, or or maybe we shouldn't have teased, you know, something when people change their minds like this all the time. But that's okay. Yeah, it happens. But it, but it, do, but it does happen. Oh, yeah. It happens a lot. Or you could have just lied to us and said that you schedule them and this is all a big facade, which would be equally as oh, hilarious. Very diabolical. That's just to get my something in your personnel excited. file right now, Sean. <laughs> yeah, just, yeah, just to get, get him excited, excited and then make him worry because now he's got to fill the block. Um, well, that, Damn, yeah. We, we, uh, can we talk is, about that, that lost shit? Problem? <laughs> can, can we go back to the Shih Tzu? Since, uh... No, the Shih Tzu's got way more time than Izzo on this show. I mean, oh, I would like him to come back and show up, so we don't have to spend next week talking about it. Damn. Yes, let's let's find uh, little Charlie. Um, <laughs> well, you know, this is not a sports podcast, but but uh, I wanted to, to to dive into something that I put aside because we we thought we'd have the is. That's, is that is that what you guys call him, Sean? The is. I don't, but uh, you're welcome to. Okay. Well, tonight today's the is not, but but there was a great column. On uh, in the the New York Times by Ira Burkow, who's a longtime sports columnist uh, at the New York Times, um, talking about Al Kaline. And I know there's been a lot said about Al Kaline, but I, I just want to read this um, remembrance from Ira Burkow. Burkow said he was sitting in the dugout in the summer of '69 with Al Kaline before a game at Tiger Stadium. It was his 16th season in the big leagues. K-Line was 34 years old and he was starting to show a little gray in his sideburns. And he says he asked him about his longevity, still playing at an all-star level. And he said, K-Line's answer surprised me. K-Line said, sometimes I wonder what I'm doing if I've wasted my time all these years. And sometimes I think I have. I would like to have more to contribute to society. I don't know, maybe a doctor something where you really play an important part in people's lives. But I never had much education. I'd always wanted to be in the big leagues since I was a kid. And boom, I was there before I knew it. He says, once in a while, I'll sit in the dugout and look out on the field and then wonder, what good is all this? Thinking about me, 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 my batting average, my fielding average. Oh, sure, you care about the team. You have to. But in the end, you're worried about you. So I have to think of myself as an entertainer, really. Maybe kids can draw inspiration from what I do. Maybe people who come out to the park can forget about their problems for a while by watching me play. But I feel great so far this season. The hot weather is coming, and that tires me some. I'll play next year for sure. After that, I don't know. I'll sure miss baseball and the people in it. And when I'm gone and done and gone, I would like for people to say, Al Kaline, he was a real good outfielder. It turns out he played for five more years. but. Wow. Now, when you mentioned a K-Line article, I thought for certain you were going to talk about these Tom Selleck interview that Sean oh. got to do last week, which I found it really interesting, Sean, after the show. You said, hey, Selleck reached out to the free press to talk about Al K-Line, which doesn't usually work that way where people, you know, don't you guys reach out to other people to get comment. How was Tom Selleck to talk to regarding Al K-Line? He was, uh, he was great, actually. He, what, what happened is I'd written a column the day before about uh, Al Kaline with Jim Leland. I mm-hmm. talked to Jim Leland and he gave me some great, great column. Yeah. Thank you. He gave me some great stuff. And Selleck had seen that column and went to his PR people and asked them to reach out to me to see if I'd be interested in talking to him. Yeah. <laughs> oh, which man. is kind of a, 
it was kind of an odd thing. And I, that email came in, I think, while we were doing the podcast. It's funny because people said, okay, you're going to get 10 minutes. And 30 minutes later, I was on a deadline <laughs> trying to get him off the phone. <laughs> Isn't that great when you get to rush a big celebrity off the phone? Because you have more important things to do than they do. But he was just sort of, I, this is sort of an old-fashioned corny word, but he was kind of delightful, to be honest with you. Huh. And just in awe of K-Line. And um, it's interesting because we talked about that. About He, he said, I, I've never, he's been around all sorts of famous people over the years. I'm sure he's met presidents, right? And yeah. Well-known actors and other athletes. And he said, but there was something about K-Line because that's who he idolized growing up. And that I was, and you never outgrow that, do you? You know, no matter how famous you get yourself, like you could relate. I'm sure Mike is a global superstar. You never outgrow that, you know? The other thing about your column that kind of shocked me is that Selleck is 75 years old. Oh, wow. Isn't that something? Huh. That's crazy, man. And the, and the idea, too, of, of what a prankster Kaline was trying yeah. to help divert him <laughs> while they put goo or whatever the skin salve in the icy hot and, yeah <laughs> or the icy hot the jock strap, strap or whatever but yeah. the, the thing that i found a little bit poignant too and you're and, and i was we were just talking about this mike with the you know you're right you, you have heroes no matter how how famous you get yourself but he left the Selleck family left detroit or at least his immediate family did when he was i think Selleck was four and right. moved out to la but because they still had all the family here and i'm trying to remember if it was the east side or the west side they lived on he told me but um when they would come back in the summer, his dad sold real estate, right? And so you just make commission. And so you don't have vacation time. I mean, they weren't wealthy in particular. So they would drive straight through. His dad was maniacal. And his brother and he would uh, argue over who was going to get the floorboard to sleep. And, but he said that whole time, partly what got him through driving across the country, you know, 36, 42 hours straight or whatever it takes, was knowing that he was going to go to a Tiger game every, uh, every, every time they did. And he'd get to watch out K-Line play. I thought that you know right, so he, he carried that with him. That that stayed with him. Yeah that that was uh, that was a very cool com. I'm glad you did follow up with with Tom Selleck because that was a, one of the funner remembrances to read. And there's been a lot written about Kaline. One of the things that that surprised me is I haven't seen any comments from his family, and I don't know why that is. I'm not suggesting there's anything uh, untoward there, but um, but perhaps we'll hear more from them when uh when a memorial is finally planned so i'm looking forward to hear what they have to say because i know his grandson was a ball player but you don't really hear too much about his kids being athletes which you know a, a good friend of mine in college was joe schmidt jr who was a pretty good high school football player but just because your old man's a hall of famer doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to be a first round draft pick no for sure and you just don't i mean sometimes families are uh or this private, right? I mean, it could be as simple as that. Yeah, no. So I'm, I'm, uh, I'm interested to know more about that. But all things in in due course. And uh, we're joined now on the uh, looking for a sponsor. Maybe it's you with the donation <laughs> to our to our website uh, hotline with uh, I guess is Paul Dennis, the automotive master mechanic, who decided to make a few face shields, and somehow it turned into. 30,000 face shields in 30 days. Paul, are you uh, kind of obsessive about other stuff? I mean, any uh, cats under your back porch or missing cheerleaders in your neighborhood that we should be worried about? No, I don't think so. Um, but we are, I can be a little competitive. So, you know, if I can, you know, make one shield, maybe I can make two. Maybe I can make three and just kind of kept rolling from there. 
is that how it started? Because I know you have a you have a three D printer at home, and uh, I mean everyone knows the need right now for PPEs. Um, did you just want to see if you could do it? Is that how this began? Um, my wife's a nurse, and she was asking if somebody we could help. And we have a lot of friends in the medical field as well that you know, told us that there was a lack of PPE. So I'm like, yeah, let me, let me look and see what I can do. Like I'm off work right now. I'll I'll, I'll look into it. Like I didn't I didn't. Uh, take it too seriously and like oh i guess i can make one we made a couple and we reached out to we, we started seeing how big the need actually was and we reached out to other friends and family that had printers and it, it kind of grew from there now there's so a can you describe these shields for us i mean uh, do these have clear plastic on them or what, what do they what do they look like so we started with 3d printing and then later on we were able to get into the injection molding um we 3d printed them we were having trouble finding a clear plastic sheet to put in front of the, like the face shield, like a uh, typical, like splatter shield. Um, right. so we were looking at like using clear placemats we can get off Amazon or like clear plastic sleeves for protecting paper. And we got in touch with social networking with somebody who had a laser cutter in their basement and they were able to laser cut face shields, the clear plastic, but they didn't have a way to make like the headband portion. So we hooked up with them, and they gave us the clear plastic. We gave them the the headbands, and we were able to start producing about a hundred a day. And so then, how did it explode into this this push to get thirty thousand in thirty days? There's a Facebook page, by the way. Thirty days, uh, thirty thousand shields. Yeah, thirty k. Um, yeah, thirty oh. days, thirty. 30 days, 30K shield. 30 day, 30K shields. I know there's a GoFundMe too if you're not able to, to print or if you don't have a, a 3D printer or a laser cutter <laughs> in your own basement, there's a way to, to help donate because it's all volunteers. But how fast did it grow uh, online and what made it grow? Um, so we had worked with a company called Polyflex a long time ago. Um, and we reached out to them to see if they could help because they can injection mold way faster than we can 3D print. Injection molding, they could make a shield in like 20 seconds where it takes me three hours to 3D print one. So we reached out to them and they immediately were super supportive and grabbed onto the idea and wanted to know how they could help. So they reached out to a bunch of their other companies and suppliers they worked with. There's about 10 of them in total. And they took what normally is a four to six week um, time span to make and design an injection mold and condensed it down to a week. And how hard is it to get them to the right people in the right place um, to actually distribute them? Has that been an issue? Is that a problem? Or has everybody just got their hands up because they need whatever they can get? So we, through the website, which is um, through the Facebook page, which is, you know, the 30K Shields, we have a form on there people can fill out, and that goes to a spreadsheet that's shared by all of us. And we work off of that to try to get Shields out to people that need them. Um, we were primarily targeting... Anybody that's on the front lines, police, fire, EMS, nurses, home health care workers, nursing homes. If, if, they, if somebody's looking for them, though, can they, can they contact? Like, how's the best way for them to contact you? The Facebook page? You go to our Facebook page, and on there, there's a link to the, the, the actual request form. And then go on there and request how many shields they need. Now, your wife is a nurse. I'm sure you know a lot of people that work in the medical field. Is it... You know, is the media accurately representing how bad it is in ER rooms? Is it underreported? Is it overreported? What's your opinion on that? Um, I, it definitely is pretty bad. Um, I know it was when we started this. I know it's gotten a little better. Um, we was really moving when we first started this. We 
told a nurse practitioner friend of ours that we would, you know, yeah, we can make a couple of shields for you because she didn't have any. And when she came to pick them up, she was in our driveway, you know, crying because she was scared to go to work because they didn't have any personal protective equipment down there. So, so Paul, we've heard about hospitals telling nurses, oh, you can't bring your own mask in. And I don't know if that's still the case, but have you had any issues where people say, well, that doesn't meet OSHA standards or this doesn't have us stamped from the International Face Shield Amalgamated Union. And so we can't have these in here because there's a liability issue. I mean, it, you know, I, I know there's there's bureaucracies everywhere. Um, you know, what are, what are you encountering when you say, hey, we got shields? Who wants shields? We've encountered that a couple of places. Um, usually if we encounter that, we send them a sample and like, oh, this isn't like the quality we thought it was. Cause there's a lot of, you know, people that are 3d printing and there's a, there was definitely an immediate need for, for shields that could be made. And I mean, it takes me three hours to print one of the ones we're using the injection mold ones are printed so much are made so much faster and they're reusable. People don't necessarily know that cause nobody really has, you know, nobody got the manufacturing up online this quick. Well, and now uh, I just saw that Oakland County is making people, anybody that's working in any field right now, any essential worker that can't distance um, six feet from somebody has to wear some kind of mask or protective shield. So you might, I don't know, it might become 60,000 masks in 60 days before you know it, Paul. Yeah, as long as we can keep the funding going and there's a need for them, we'll keep making them. Perfect. So I know these 3D printers are amazing. Um, and I'm not sure if you can see us, but I'm wondering if you can make anything oh, like this. He's, he's got a four finger <laughs> ring with a big ML on it. Maybe, maybe when the masks are all made ML, maybe, maybe that's what, what were you printing wait, on wait, your, wait, 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 wait. What, so what, what? you're saying saving people's lives is more important than creating real cool swag for people Barely. to purchase at drew and Mike Barely. I mean, it's a, it's a fine line. What, what were you printing with your 3d printer? Cause everybody I know that has a 3d printer tends to print, you know, kind of frivolous, silly things like a four finger ring with their own initials on it. Oh yeah. We totally made stuff like that. I think I was making, I made a um, table extend table leg extenders once cause I wanted the dining room table to be a couple inches taller than it was. Um, <laughs> just odds and ends, silly, silly fun stuff. Nothing super useful. I did think, I think I did print an oil filter wrench once to, uh, for my car. Wow. I think it's probably the most useful thing I printed up till um, now. I'm asking for a friend, but what kind of extenders can you create on there? That sounds intriguing. Uh, you can make all kinds of, uh, there's a lot of interesting, um, there's a lot of really good websites that have a lot of downloadable 3D files you can download and make. If you can make it out of plastic, like one solid piece of plastic, then you could 3D print it. Okay, we may we may follow up with that uh, later uh, offline. But if you want to find out more about this, go to mlsoulofdetroit.com. Look at our show notes. We're going to have some links so you can help Paul. Uh, Paul, uh, before we let you go, at the end of 30 days, uh, what do you rest or do you come up with something else that you're going to do? I mean, it sounds like you've built a community out there. And I suspect the need for products like this is not going to go away anytime soon. Probably not. Um, there's actually um, Polyflex, the company that's, that's really the big driving force behind the donations of, of getting us up and running and going. They have been um, tremendously helpful, and they're actually working with the Michigan Manufacturers Association to see what they will do um, with this after we kind of fulfill the immediate need. Okay, well, Paul Dennis, automotive master mechanic, now 
leading a uh, upstart rebel uh, effort to create 30,000 face shields in 30 days. Uh, you probably still got a lot of work ahead of you. We appreciate you taking the time to talk with us and we'll have some more information on our website. Paul, thanks for everything you're doing. We hope that your wife is safe and all of her colleagues. And uh, thanks, man. Thanks for stepping up at a time of need and showing the kind of innovation and creativity that just might save this crazy-ass country. All right. Thank you very much for having me. I won't change my mind on anything, regardless of the facts that are set out before me. I'm dug in, and I'll never change. Ray Nut, Ray Nut, Ray Nut, Ray Nut, Ray Nut Infinity, Ray Nut Infinity, plus one. No. Governor Whitmer has been very busy with the executive orders. Uh, they seem to come quite regularly, and fortunately, so far there's been no ban on podcasting. But some of her latest orders have created quite a bit of controversy. There are boaters who were happy. There were golfers who were unhappy. And there's a question as to whether or not you can even buy paint as someone who's using his furlough and some of his spare time to fix up a really nasty shower in my house. I got to tell you, I'm a little befuddled by the paint thing, but, um, but everybody seems to have a different take on this. And I think any day now, there's supposed to be a rally in Lansing where people are going to drive around the state capitol, presumably in violation of one of the executive orders, to protest the executive orders and the restrictions on people's freedoms. Uh, this is our great debate, and I'm wondering where you guys land on this thing. And feel free to speak your minds because <laughs> it's going to be a while before you can feel the full impact of the powerful ML knuckle ring uh, created by my friends at Speed Cult. I, I don't, uh, I just want to be able to make sure that I can buy that ring, you know, at any kind of store, right? That To me, that's what's essential. Yeah. Can you find that, right? A four-fingered ring. Yeah, a four-fingered ring. With two the, initials. The metallurgists, the metallurgists need to work. Can we say that? The jewelry makers need to work. That's what's uh, essential. If, if, <laughs> if we can do nothing else, we want to support the Michigan economy here at the Soul of Detroit. I, I, thought, but, uh, so, I thought the Sean, governor... Sean, you, you're not a boater, right? And I don't no. know whether you golf very much, but I think if they said you couldn't go out in your backyard and grill, you'd be pretty pissed off. Uh, has anybody said they can't go out in their backyard? Well, I think the concern is what's next. It almost seems to be, you know, the upping the stakes that, that I think there are some people, including uh, Justin Amash, the congressman from Western Michigan, mm -hmm. who thinks the mayor's, the governor's done a very good job, but is wondering whether or not she's kind of reached the point where, uh, good public policy is starting to trample on individual liberties. Well, I think, um, I mean, to me, there's, it's, there's got to be science behind it, right? I don't think this is just done willy-nilly. As far as the boating part of it, my guess is <clears throat> it's the same reason they took the hoops down. You know, you can say, all right, you can't gather. And, um, you know, maybe somebody can go shoot a, shoot at a hoop on an empty playground by themselves, or maybe two people, they stay, one rebounds, whatever. But that wasn't happening, right? People were gathering. And so it's the same with boats. You know, you put a you put a pontoon out there. Well, okay, just your family. But the next thing you know, you got 10 people on it. And um, my guess is that's the thinking. In any way, you know, maybe with golf, it's not much more than a foursome. You would know about that, Mike. But uh, I try to limit myself to threesomes. Okay, there you go. But it's just, uh, I, I think that's the idea, right? Just for the next few weeks, in it, we're, we're going to make it trickier for you to to gather except, right? in, in, in any way. And I think that's probably all this is, right? Except there was a massive problem with the rollout because immediately there's questions. What do you mean I can't go across the street to visit someone 
You can. Uh, I, I can't drive up north to a cottage, but if I <laughs> if I'm a citizen of Ohio, I could. It just it's it, the way it was rolled out was atrocious because there were more questions than anything. I didn't understand why not just say no more gatherings of you know two or ten or however many people it is. Blanket rule. I mean, doesn't that make a little more sense than nitpicking to say this is okay, that's not okay. This is okay, that's Whoa. not okay. And the other problem is. A lot of it is concentrated in very dense areas. If you live out, say, in Adrian, is it as big of a problem to have a gathering of 10 people as it would be in the city of Detroit? I don't know. Well, a gathering of 10 people is a gathering of 10 people, right? And, I mean, I don't think it matters. I mean, just thinking about the six degrees of separation, I don't think that, that part of it matters. I thought it was – I saw the, a tweet the other day from – who was it? Megan McCain from The View – well, she was right. wrong. I mean, she was yeah, just she incorrect. Was wrong. And, and there's been some, there's been a lot of misinformation out there about but that. That, that falls back on the, the government. The house, but the house stuff. When I read that, I, I you know, I'm not that bright a guy, but I, I understood it means don't go visit anybody. Period. Unless you have a, a, a reason, unless you're their caretaker, if you're going to take them food, if you're going to do something like that, if you're helping them survive, you can do it. I thought that was pretty clear. I don't, I don't, you, you can't go visit. How about I don't think it's there, that complicated, right? There was a question as to whether or not you could even mow your lawn. And yeah. I think that's been cleared up that yes, you, you could, you can. can mow your lawn, but the, the, the paint store thing, I, I'm still confused by that. If I can go to a big hardware store and I can do any number of things, why can't I go buy paint? I mean, there well, are some can, of us who are keeping from going stir crazy by amen. tackling projects that have been lingering in our house for years. And, the, and I'm, and the I'm not open. proud to say that shower has needed attention for at least a couple <laughs> of years, and it's finally getting it. Which, by the way, is causing the, the downstream effect of, you know, I don't know if you guys have seen this, with the garbage pickup, right? Because people yeah. have decided, like you, that uh, they can't watch all that great television out there, so they have to be a busybody and clean out their attic, <laughs> and they're they're filling up the curbs. Yeah, and they're and so it's causing supervisors to work. It's causing 14, 16 hour shifts. It's causing a mess because all of a sudden everybody's throwing their junk out. You know, so we we don't think about the the domino effect of that. And by the way, can't you get paint in a hardware store? Yeah, you I, know, I, I I actually got dirt and landscaping stuff at Ace, where I normally would have gone to Home Depot. So I guess her, I violated the order. I don't know. Did I violate the order? Because it really puts big box stores at a disadvantage when people are going there anyway. That's what I didn't understand about it. If So now instead of going to Home Depot to, say, get some stuff to fix up a shower and you want to get some gardening stuff, now you're making two stops and running into more people, more employees that work there. It's just impracticality. The order made no sense in that part. And as far as cutting your lawn... Are you allowed to hire a service? I don't think so. I don't think I think uh, you have to do it no, yourself. No, I don't think you can, although they were deemed – I mean, if the law – Essential? Uh, yeah, yeah, it was fuzzy, right? It's fuzzy And that's with that. the problem. Just, that's that the one problem. I remember being fuzzy. And, they, and they're not going to ticket that. I saw some a lot of sheriffs aren't going to try to ticket that in those services. What – are you at all concerned or either of you concerned that some of this is just um, – is just uh, uh, addiction to attention in the same way that President Trump was AWOL for quite a while. Now he's having night. I mean, I can't remember before the pandemic, the last time President Trump had a, a media availability in the White House. Now he's going every night, sometimes for two and a half hours, which just seems insane. 
And now Governor Whitmer's on TV on a regular basis. Uh, Mayor Duggan's doing something every day. He's not getting quite the attention that the, the governor is. But I mean, are we getting to a point now where people are saying, oh, wow, people are seeing me and they're listening to me and I'm becoming a part of their family. I'm that comfortable presence on the uh, cathode ray tube. Maybe I'm dating myself well, there. But anyway, uh, is, is this almost, uh, are we reaching a point now where I've got to ban things just so I can keep getting the attention? I, I mean, I, is this, I understand what you're saying. Is there I, a legitimate concern there? I think there is a little bit of theater of leadership, you know, like if you're not present, then you're not leading, which is, I guess that's just the way things work now. My problem with is, I really think her order um, that she put up, was that last Friday? I think, or last Thursday. I thought it was intended because people weren't listening. People are, were still gathering. I think it was a well-intended one. The problem is it wasn't well executed or thought out to the the effects that it would have and the questions people would have, which kind of makes you wonder, well, when she had this idea or whoever in the administration had the idea, didn't they take other steps to say, oh, well, some people can't cut their grass. They don't have a lawnmower. Some people um, are going to Home Depot, Lowe's, Menards, whatever. Anyway, it's okay if they get it there. I mean, I don't know, I don't know what the solution is, but then again, I'm not the governor. Well, I, I, a couple of things. First of all, is, Mike, is she sitting there just making these rules up herself? No, the, the Michigan Department of Public Health, I'm sure, is heavily involved. Maybe medical folks from Wayne State or Michigan, Michigan State. Do your, does your school have any medical people, Mike? <laughs> we have a very fine college of osteopathic medicine. Well, and, you, have uh, a vet, you have a vet school there. My brother actually went to that vet school. So, you know, I would. Yes, I, I understand would, I would, a vet delivered you. I would trust. Uh, yeah, right. Right into Teresa's arms. I would trust. <laughs> I don't even know what that means. No one knows. I, yeah, I think there's a butterfly uh, effect issue there too, as well. I would it. trust. Uh, yeah, I would trust my brother with it, with, it, with whether you should mow the lawn or not. Those, those, no, med- of course, those medical they're, they're people- medical decisions. So they're they're not perfect. The idea is, you're right, Mark. We're, we're, some of us aren't listening. It is still just a few weeks. But those medical people aren't we, making we, the we decision. Can't relax on- for a few weeks. No, it's been a month now. People want to get stuff done. People want to people want to do stuff right now. And I'm sure the medical people said social distancing works. We know it works. This is what needs to be done. No more gatherings. That's how you stop the spread. It's then up to her and her administration to figure out, okay, what's the best way to minimize the distancing? Is golfing okay with a foursome? If it's a gathering of four people and they stay out of the clubhouse, why not? You're telling me we can ration food as a country to get through a war. We can flip our factories to, to build whatever kind of muni- munitions we want and send people off to battle on both years sides ago. of the planet. And we can't stay home for a few weeks and watch Netflix? Yeah. What D- the heck? Yeah, different generation now. That was 80 years ago. I'm with, I'm with you. I think it's sad that people can't just go, all right, I'm staying home for, for a month or whatever. But the reality is some people don't get that message, and that's why they're out at the parks um, plan and having gatherings. I saw I was about drive, drove by a carpool lot the other day, and I saw gatherings there. I'm like, oh, okay. So, so why, that's what they're doing. Right? Why are parks, aren't some state parks open? Why are those yeah, open? They are. That's giving a people. So if you're going to, that's my problem with it. It seems very nitpicky. Like golf course, courses, which is over a $4 billion industry in this state, is closed down where parks are open but the so, idea of a park is you go with your little immediate family and you stay away from everybody, which you could do. It's like walking in your neighborhood. But you go on a golf course 
And you're next to each other, right? I mean, I guess you could but you're next to each play other. in a way that it's not, but. Yeah, when I go golfing, I'm usually all by myself in the woods looking for a ball. <laughs> yeah. I, I've, I've been uh, I've been following these procedures yeah. before they were even procedures. But I, uh, I know it seems random, Mark, and I get that, and it's not perfect. But the but you know, they had to step it up some, and they've been clarifying it as we go. And that, I don't think she's that's a, a problem though. Attention seeker necessarily. You know, you know, well, you know the, where the, the you know where I got the is is the the tighter you squeeze your fist, the more things slip through it. So I think we have to be careful to give people some good guidelines, but not to seem dictatorial. Um, and I have uh, one last piece of advice, Mark, I think you want to jump in there before, before we go. But, uh, but uh, if not, um, I want to buy paint, I want to finish my project. But there's one rule that we should always follow. And it doesn't matter whether there's a pandemic or not. You never mow another guy's lawn. Oh man, the geeks have inherited the earth. Did I do that? What a dork. Does him wanting to play with us again mean that he's turning into a geek? Or we're turning into cool guys? Hey, Mark, make your point. Come on, don't let him steal everything like it's that. It's his show. He gets, he gets the final word. I don't even remember uh, what my point was now. Oh, That was like God. 20 seconds ago. God, okay. <laughs> I don't have a I hope you feel good, Mike. This is what every every executive has to deal with, the peasants getting revolting. That's why I can't wait till we're back together again and we'll, well take will, care of this. I will. want you to use the paint over your shoulder there to paint your room. Just take that off the cow and finish it on up. Uh, Sean, Isn't I would like to tell cow? I would like to tell the uh, boss here that the other two peasants on this show were the two that got the guest today. I canceled some guests. I had uh, <laughs> some pretty important people. What you should have said, though, is the boss is the one that got COVID-19 and took one for the team, so we didn't have to have it. So thank you for that. I don't like to think of myself as a boss. I like to think of myself no, as the, uh, the manager of the co-op, the, uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. the one that, that writes the very small checks to the cashiers okay. and to the, uh, to the moppers. Whatever works. Hey, yes. anybody that dyes a streak in their hair and then uh, dyes their, <laughs> doesn't dye their beard, you know, I, I'll listen to. Uh, you know, I'm growing this out. I'm thinking of doing some locks of love. If you're interested, let me know. I can I can set you up with. Uh, well, you know, I love you. So there we go. Well, that's that's been well established. Well, that's only mildly, only mildly creepy. Uh, um, so uh, so we go from a governor who seems to have a. Uh, but some are starting to feel maybe an overly broad reach to a governor who just doesn't care. I, that's all. I think that's the only way I can put it. That's Governor Christie Nome of uh, of South Dakota. While other governors are saying stay at home, we're going to try and flatten this curb. She's saying, if it feels good, do it. And she says South Dakota is not New York City. Well, here's the problem, Governor. Now, and this is according to one of the greatest bylines you'll ever see, Griff Witte of the uh, Washington Post, who says, now South Dakota is home to one of the largest single coronavirus clusters anywhere in the United States, with more than 300 workers at a giant pork processing plant falling ill. With the case numbers continuing to spike, the company was forced to announce the indefinite closure of the facility Sunday, threatening the U.S. food supply. Now, Governor Nome is a Republican. She's been in consultation with Jared Kushner, 
who now that he's solved all the problems yeah. in the Middle East is trying to solve the coronavirus and the, pro- and the opioid so, is in charge of the opioid crisis too. So, uh, well done, Jay. JK. Well done. <laughs> Some people would just say you married well, but others others know the real truth. And uh, nice job with that building you bought in New York for yeah. like a billion dollars, the Saudis' belly. But I I digress. Let's get back. <laughs> yeah, he's not Let's the get back to. Let's get back to one of the people who's taking some of that outstanding advice. Um, that's our, our friend, Governor Nome. Anyways, the mayor of Sioux Falls, South Dakota, which is the largest city in South Dakota, a gentleman named Paul Tenhaken, also a Republican, so this is not a partisan issue, says a shelter-in-place order is needed now. It is needed today. And he's tried his best to try and get the good people of Sioux Falls to try and stay at home to limit the spread of this beast, but he's not being hurt. He says uh, reopening the country by May is not even remotely achievable and that these are the early innings of this in Sioux Falls. Nevertheless, the governor demurs. The South Dakota State Medical Association wrote on April 3rd that we may soon face the challenges and hardships currently being seen in New York and other large cities across the country if a shelter-in-place order is not issued immediately. Nevertheless, the governor says we don't need it. So when we look at the extremes, I'd like to buy some paint. I want to make sure that I can always cut my grass. And then we see this, what I would say misguided uh, commitment to civil liberties where anybody can do whatever the hell they want, even if it means everybody in the state is going to get very, very sick. Governor Christy Nome, you are our Geek of the Week. This week's uh, guest in room 7609 was a special tribute to uh, our special guest, Tom Izzo, because he is a small town boy from the city of Iron Mountain. And because we thought it was time that we tap into maybe our more sensitive side with a uh, one of the big hits from Bronski Beat, which may be a band that you don't know, but I think when you hear it and we talk a little bit about the genealogy of Bronski Beat, you'll find that you know more about them than you think. Originally, it was going to be a tribute to Tom Izzo because uh, he is a small town boy. Now it's going to be a tribute to him because, it, like the lead singer, Tom Izzo is very gay. Not that there's anything wrong with that. <laughs> This is what happens when you don't call, Tom!
I, I love Bronski Beat. They had an album called The Age of Consent, which generated a lot of hits. Unfortunately, the band didn't last much longer than that first LP. Uh, Jimmy Somerville's the lead singer. You can hear his amazing falsetto there. And after Bronski Beat, he transitioned to a band called The Communards. Also outstanding dance music, very thoughtful lyrics, great music. Of course, a great beat as well. That band didn't last too long either, but they made quite a mark in their brief time as a, uh, as a musical entity. But one of the things that I've always admired about Bronski Beat and the Communards is these are bands that were coming out in the mid-80s. And I guess when I say coming out, that's an unintended double entendre because the members of the band were very much on the forefront of the gay rights movement, the empowerment movement, and they created some great music with messages that now I think we'd be like, big deal. You're a bunch of gay guys in a band. Who cares? In the mid-80s, that actually was a big deal. That's when the epidemic we were worried about back then was HIV and AIDS. And the whole notion of gay pride, of recognizing who you are, being proud of who you are, not hiding it. Jimmy Somerville was an icon. At the same time, Elton John was suing tabloids in England saying, I'm not gay, when of course he was, Jimmy Somerville was front and center saying, this is who I am, there's nothing wrong with it, accept who you are, be who you are, and it was a very progressive message, it was a very bold message, and I'm, I'm always into music with messages, but the best part of it was, the music was outstanding, and so Jimmy Somerville, Bronski Beat, Communards, Welcome to Room 7609. I'm sorry it took us so long to welcome you there. So Jimmy Somerville's openly gay, and the rest of the band is too? Every member of the band? Uh, I'm not sure. The uh, Bronski Beat, the um, other partner in Bronski Beat was a guy named Steve Bronski. I don't know whether um, whether he was big in the gay rights movement, but he certainly did not get in, in Jimmy it, Somerville's way as he became this iconic star. And really someone who uh, was a, uh, a North Star to a lot of people at that time who probably were struggling with their identity. It, it does say now all- we're fighting over which bathroom to use. Yeah. Back then it was, you know, can I be who I well, am? Yeah. And Jimmy Somerville said, yeah, you should be. Yeah, this says all members of the band were openly gay, which is kind of interesting because I can't think of any band where all the members were openly gay. Rolling Stones. <laughs> yeah, far, far, far from it. Oh, okay. maybe I got anything. They're openly misogynistic. It, it's such a haunting, sort of gorgeous track, though, and and it's one it's one of the it's one of the handful of songs that's sort of the soundtrack of that decade. To me, all right. Hmm. I mean, for those of us that kind of grew up, lived through the that that time, you know, that's interesting. College age. That's yeah. interesting. You say that because I I've never heard that song before. Not a, never, and it was just, a big, it was a big yeah. hit. It was an, a massive hit. Yeah. I just, yeah. And you, and even now, it's hard to watch an '80s era movie—not era movie, but an '80s movie—a movie based in the '80s or a show based in the '80s. It's hard not to hear that song. It's funny. Yeah, oh, yeah good, and, good and they they had some other great songs too. Uh, in terms of underappreciated um, songs, we could have played. That was a, a big hit for them, but I, I feel the band has never really gotten its due in a, a, a broader sense. But uh, "Love and Money," another great song by them. They did some. Some disco covers, not surprisingly, but but very well. And uh, it's just, um, I think it's it's great when you have something to say and you say it well. 
And, and I, I love the idea that at the same time these guys were out there being way ahead of the curve, there were probably some skinheads in their, uh, in yeah. their lace-up boots and their bomber jackets who were tapping their feet to Bronski beat without really realizing what the message was that they were digging. And uh, I think whenever you can kind of slip something in and, and get something in subversively, that's a, that's a triple bonus. Oh, okay. Slip something in, huh? Again, a subversive moment there. It's wonderful. We were talking about uh, how much Tom Selleck enjoyed Sean's column earlier. So I think this show (laughs) has been all about, um, you know, getting in touch with something that, that we're told is inside all of us. Um, and again, there's nothing wrong. With and I feel like the show was sal- salvaged after Izzo blew us off. He did. I mean, yeah, he, uh, he <laughs> you talked to him last I mean, night. Yeah. What, what else can we say? He stood us up. Well, well let's what did just they say, say he, run away, run away, run away, <laughs> run away. Yeah. I'm just going to say he's going to be with us next week. And then if he blows us off next week, I'm going to say he's going to be with us. He's going to be with us every week until he shows up. That's the only I way. I agree. To, yeah. We'll, we'll, only keep, way to handle we'll keep trying. It. We'll, uh, yeah, we'll keep trying. Well, we should have we should have gone with my first choice, John Beeline. That guy's got all the time in the world on his hands. <laughs> I, I was gotta like, tell come you. on, John <laughs> B., what are you up to? One of the best contracts ever signed might be the contract he signed with the Big Ten Network where he put in one day of work because after he signed, they had that one day of the tournament, and then the tournament was no more. Okay. You know, speaking of these uh, broadcasts and these contracts, I saw that people at ESPN are being asked to take, yeah. like, the equivalent of a – three and 0.75% pay cut or something like that. Yep. I, you know, I, I, I'm not for cutting anybody's pay, but if I was one of these fat cats making that ridiculous money at ESPN, I'd say, you know what, pay me a, pay me a million dollars and let's save a bunch of jobs. I just it those, those pay scales are obnoxious. And if those guys didn't volunteer to give back some of their money to help out some of the folks behind the scenes, uh, keep their jobs, you yeah. know, shame on them. The, da- so, the uh, danger with that, um, and I'm just presenting the other side because I'm kind of with you. It'd be nice if people would do that. The danger with that is, is the company going to come back and reinstate the rest of their salary later? Once you cut a salary, it's going to stay cut. It, it is tough to get back what you've lost. And I say that as someone who negotiated uh, yep. 6.5% pay cuts at the Free Press right after we won the Pulitzer Prize. I think they're still trying to get back to where they were before that. But, of course, uh, they were facing much deeper cuts. So, you know, I, to me, this is uh, – if, if you're in sports and if you're in the media, you should understand the ethos of sports, which is survive and advance. Mm-hmm. So if I were those guys – I think somebody uh, threw out a figure that Stephen A. Smith may make $8 million. Yeah, about, about yeah. Which, it was at $6 million, but I think he got a raise. So He's, and that's you know what? pretty he, obscene to begin with. Well, so. He gets a lot of eyeballs. I guess he so. Makes, he but, makes uh, news. He does radio well, I think for him. Any, anybody who loves sports because of the camaraderie and the, and the, and the, and the, the teammate aspect – uh, you should be happy if their pay gets cut in half and they're still making $4 million a year, but there's still some other bodies in the office. If, if, so, I, were him, uh, if I were him, though, I'd want to guarantee, like, hey, if I'm going to, if you're going to shave my salary by, say, 40%, um, and this is, let's, let's say, well, let's say it's $3 million, I want to know who is getting that money and who didn't get fired. I would demand it just, just to make them prove that, yeah, we are using this money for other people's jobs. 
instead well, of just and, and cutting everything I'm, I'm off not, the bottom line. I'm not here to defend ESPN, but the executives there have already taken a pretty deep pay mm-hmm. cut. So I think it's it's sure. really important that the leadership does come from the top. And as we know from the way America's headed these days, executives make a gross, gross amount more than the actual people who are on the front lines. So uh, so I, I wouldn't mind seeing those executive pay cuts become permanent, but everybody in between. Yeah, I, I put a sunset on that. I'd say, uh, you know, when yeah. the sun shines again, let's let's get back to making hay, but Eight million. Okay, I don't yeah, want to think about. Are it. Are you taking a cut from this podcast for Sean and I to survive? Um, or are we going to have to blow you know Sean what? out? I, I, uh, I did, I did take a cut, but most of it has been reinvested in blame. <laughs> oh, so no, I'm no, afraid yeah. that's. Sorry, um, I asked. <laughs> but I, I, I can get an SW and an MF one. Actually, MF might sell I really I kinda well. Want, I kind of want one now. Now that you mention that, I kind of want one. But your fist, your fist looks like the, it looks like the shirt, man. It looks like the logo to the show. That's right. And in fact, if people like these, send us a note. Let us know. Send us an email at uh, at mlsoulofdetroit at gmail.com. Give us a phone call at 313-288-9070. That's Butterfield. 89070 and we'll see about getting more of these rings made we may even be able to get custom ones made with your own initial um i'll have to talk to the good people at speed cult this is a prototype but if you're interested let us know and we'll see what we can do about that in the meantime we do have some very very fine products available uh, for purchase including that extraordinary t-shirt uh, if you check my facebook page last week you saw the great uh, hockey jerseys modeled by the very handsome windsor boys uh, mark how do people take advantage of these incredible deals drew and mike store s-t-o-r-e.com why did i spell out store everyone knows how to spell store drew and mike store.com well you, you can never be too careful when you're shaking down the punters but we uh we do have some cool stuff on there we have t-shirts hockey jerseys we have stickers and of course you can get autographed copies of the Kwame Sutra which is a fantastic gift i know it's hard to go out to the stores right now whose mother wouldn't love a soul of detroit hockey jersey t-shirt sticker or signed Kwame Sutra just in time for mother's day and of course for father's day you can never get your shopping done too early so uh these are also great gifts for people you hate so don't look for an occasion um and if you'd like to donate you can support the show in all kinds of ways first of all we love it if you subscribe because the dirt bags who seem to love all those rubles from the commies will not let us put mlsoldetroit.com on facebook they won't tell us why they won't tell us how to reverse it but if you subscribe new episodes come up automatically if you share the show with your friends we don't have to worry about trying to connect them through Facebook. We love it when you rate us. We like to get those ratings and we like to share some of those kind words and even some of the critical words because we're open to everything here. And um, if you'd like to become a sponsor, uh, you know, I should, before we go, mention that Zot Ford, yeah. dealsinthed.com, not only are they continuing to service vehicles during this time for those of you who need your ride and don't know where to take it, I understand they're also selling cars again. Yeah. They've been a, uh, a great sponsor of the show. And if you are looking for a vehicle or looking to get your vehicle fixed, you can go to dealsinthed.com. Mark, uh, how else just, can they connect uh, with our I was our just going to say the, the showrooms are not open with all the Zot dealerships, but uh, online, if your lease is up, that's the thing. People's leases are running out because we're a month into this now. Uh, you can shop online. They'll just bring the car to you because that's not a gathering. That's a one-to-one thing and they'll, do all the documents, 
pretty easy. That that might be a new change for the future, I think. So check out our friends at Zot, dealsinthed.com. Uh, fellas, any last-minute words of wisdom before we tell people how they can sponsor us? And we do get a little bit of sponsorship from folks, and we certainly appreciate that. Sean, what, what's, what's the word out there? I'm just glad you're feeling better, Mike. And uh, it's good to have you back. It's nice to see that you're taking the money you would have otherwise given to Mark and myself and investing in art behind your shoulder there. Um, that's good for you. I'm not sure if that's good for Mark and I, but we will take one for the team. We will continue to do that. I'll second that. And the only other thing I have to add is I did not go through with my haircut this weekend because my six-year-old barber decided she didn't want to do it this weekend. So I'm hoping next weekend I'm going to have a terrible haircut just for you, Sean. Yeah, we, we, we I don't have any hair to cut, so you can use the flow B. Yeah. Joe, how are how are things going over there at the uh, at uh, the technical uh, hub of this finely produced and uh, and uh, uh, amazing show? Um, things are running swimmingly. Don't, uh, don't let him lie to Facebook you. Facebook Live went really well. He's lying to okay. you. There's there's more issues than you need to know about or Drew needs to know about. <laughs> That's because That's, people thought we were going to get Izzo and. Uh, you know, and then we disappointed them. I disappointed them. Well, now you have, now you have to listen because to Because I disappoint week. everybody. Yeah. No, you don't. No. We love no, you. Well, one of our purposes with this show is to give people a sense of what it's like behind the scenes <laughs> yeah. in journalism. And one of the things that happens on a regular basis is shit goes wrong. People say they're available and they won't be available. And, you know, we try and deal with it. So A, a, very, uh, wise, a very wise broadcaster once told me, warts and all. People want to know warts and all. Yeah, but they That's don't true. want to see them. Well, it's because, because if you, hey, real quickly, behind the scenes, Mike asked me last night, Mark, should we, can I tease this on social media? And my first was, instinct was, no, absolutely not. There's a good chance that if something's going to happen, we're not going to get it. And, and then I let Mike kind of his effusiveness, uh, you know, his, his <laughs> desire to do this and promote himself, not just us, but he loves to promote himself. And I, I don't want to get in the way of that. What the heck, right? So I went against my better judgment. I felt the peer pressure of our boy living over in Gross Point. And, uh, you know, the, so I want to take full responsibility for that. That's my fault. Uh, that's not why he, he bailed, though. We'll find out the real reason next week on the Solo <laughs> Detroit <laughs> why Tom Izzo bailed on us. What if it is because ML tweeted it? That almost might be worse. No, no, no. It had nothing to do with that. I'm I just know. saying that then you you throw that out there Murphy's like it's a complete. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. yeah but, well, whatever you just said equals Murphy's Law, right, in English? Yeah. Well, be sure to tune in next week to see what we get wrong, what we get right, and everything in between at ML Soul Detroit. In the meantime, we would appreciate if you'd support our partners on the Red Shovel Network. That would be Charlie LaDuff's No BS News Hour, No Filter Sports with Denny, Eli, and Bob, and of course, the flagship, the Drew and Mike podcast. You can keep up to date with what's going on with our show by following me on Twitter at Elric. That's at E-L-R-I-C-K. On Facebook, M-L, no periods, E-L-R-I-C-K. And thanks for sticking with us. Thanks for reaching out to people. I hope you're healthy. I hope you're well. And I hope that we see you and, and you get to listen to us again next week on ML Soul of Detroit. We are brought to you by the Red Shovel Network. And now it's time for our friend Cyrus to take us out. Can you dig that? Can you dig it? Can you dig it? Are you one of those people who are always on the go? Like you, Soul of Detroit, are on the move all the time, too. Always in the direction of the biggest news developments of the day. Their own busy schedules give them a practical understanding of the value listeners put upon their services. 
They know you rely on them for accuracy at all times. They have a first-hand appreciation of the importance of clarity and brevity as well. That all of these standards are kept in mind by our highly skilled, highly experienced newsmen is demonstrated over and over again in the frequent news broadcasts you hear on Red Shovel Network. The busier your own day, the more you'll appreciate the efforts of our Soul of Detroit staff. These men offer you a direct link with history day by day. But more than that, they do their job with full regard for your busy schedule. They keep you fully informed with no waste of time, no waste of words. For accuracy, brevity, and clarity in news reports, for news at frequent intervals and at convenient times, keep tuned to Red Shovel Network every day.